It's time for another episode of Occam's Razor, a podcast about the unexplained. Brought to you on Podcast Radio with your host, Jim Birchall. to Occam's Razor episode 45. Uh, I've been away from the microphone for a little bit of time, uh, just taking care of a few other things. Uh, but I felt the need for an emergency podcast, if you will, this week, um, given the much anticipated report on, uh, well, put out by the UAP task force from the Pentagon. Uh, the report came out a couple of days ago now, and I'm sure most people um, involved or with a passing interest in ufology um, would have probably taken the time to digest what was contained within that report. Um, now, the information that has come out, um, well, people look at it in two ways, really, depending on how you look at it. It's an important first step in further disclosure. Um, or some people just think it's much ado about nothing and we know further sort of along the uh, along the track in terms of finding out what's really going on and, and what the military and the powers that be believe. Um, now, tonight's special guests, um, I have a fellow called Julian Lagarde, a UFO researcher who also runs a uh, website, which I've just been perusing, and I'm very, uh, very impressed, Julian. So welcome to Occam's Razor. How are you this evening? Bonjour. Thank you very well. Thank you. Uh, in Sydney here, Sydney lockdown. Yep. Comfortably at home. <laughs> not, much, not much fun, I'm assuming. Um, now, we've also got Roger Stank, Stankovic here, who is the Australasian director uh, for MUF on the U Mutual UFO Network. Good evening, uh, Roger. Also joining us from New South Wales, correct? Yes, that's right. Hi, hi Jim. How, How are you? Yeah, excellent, mate. Excellent. Um, now, I think we'll just rip straight into it. Um, actually, you, you've obviously heard my thoughts, and I've, I've had an opportunity to look through um, these disclosure documents. Um, I, I've noticed you put your own uh, uh, thoughts to paper within the MUFON community, Roger, and I saw one of the posts you put up. Um, first, yep. of all, does it, first of all, does it go far enough for you? Um, well, uh, considering it's a classif uh, sorry, an unclassified document, um, it, it can only go a certain certain uh, um, uh, distance, basically, because um, uh, obviously there's a classified document that um, we don't know what, what it entails. Obviously, it's it's probably got more absurd, got a lot more information than what this classified version does, and they can only really give us um, sorry the unclassified version. Yeah. Uh, they can only really give us a watered down version of the classified one, and I, I was sort of like expecting very much what um, they'd given us, to be honest. So to me, it looked like um, a, a redacted report without the redaction, if you know what I mean, without it yeah. being physically blacked out. I don't know what you thought, Julian. Yeah. Oh, well, <clears throat> thank you. Uh, I've got two different views on this. Um, when you've studied a bit of the, the UFO phenomenon, uh, which has been going on for, in modern history, at least 75 years, but probably more than that, and, and you've heard about, or you research about potentially, you know, 
abductions of people and, and crash retrievals, uh, it's certainly, the phenomenon can be a bit scary. So, and, and you could understand why for national security reasons, authorities are only disclosing drip by drip. Uh, but on the other hand, it's certainly a good step forward because it's the first time I think that uh, the Pentagon or Department of Defense DOD is, is saying, well, look, these, these things are real. We don't know what they are, but they're real and they're potentially a threat. So now the genie is out of the bottle and I think it's up to us to, to keep pushing. So yeah. I think there's two, two ways looking at it. Correct me if I'm wrong, Roger, um, 143 out of the 144 documented cases, uh, which is basically um, UFOs that have been seen by, by military aircraft or, or from you know, ships and things like that, uh, can't be explained. So out of the 144 ones that they've chosen to highlight, um, what period was that from? Was that just from the, the Nimitz it's, incident in 2004? Yeah, yes, it was from yeah. 2004 to 2021. So yeah. they've taken into account the recent ones that um, um, uh, that have been uh, shown on YouTube with um, um, uh, basically the, the filmmaker Jeremy Corbell had been um, sure. uh, leaked some of the, the videos from uh, his sources. I don't know where his sources come from but obviously somebody from the military. Um, so basically they didn't go as, as far back as we were probably expecting. Um, and certainly the scope of the, the actual study um, would only limit you to, to sort of recent cases because um, of the enormity of the task of actually going right back to 1947, you know, in Roswell times and yeah. basically trying to, uh, you know, put a summary of what, you know, what they think it is. Uh, oh, don't forget, we had Project Sign in 1948. We had Project Grudge. We had Project Blue Book. They were the first three major studies. And Project Sign was a very interesting study because uh, of the fact that um, the committee actually came up with the conclusion um, that uh, some of the UFOs that uh, were observed could have been um, Russian, uh, but the ones that couldn't be explained were interplanetary. And that's what they, they, they said at that time, because we had no idea whether there was life on Mars or on, on, on Jupiter or wherever. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, and, and, uh, but uh, they actually stated that um, they thought they were interplanetary. And the, and the guy that was in charge of that project uh, um, uh, was, uh, um, I forgot his name now. Um, uh, anyway, um, he uh, basically said that uh, he, he was going to uh, disband the committee um, and um, uh, basically he started a new project, uh, Project Grudge. Um, and then from Grudge, uh, Blue Book had uh, uh, started. Um, but there, there, are, there have been other projects around and um, uh, this is not the first one. Um, they've never actually ever stated that basically that UFOs had um, uh, been a, uh, a problem with um, uh, our national security. Yeah. Uh, in the sense that they had been um, a, a, a threat in, in, a, in a way that, um, you know, they could, they could um, uh, be uh, damaging towards the military in, in a way through uh, near misses and crashes and whatever. But um, Hoyt Vandenberg, that's his name. <laughs> so that's Hoyt right. Vandenberg was actually in charge of uh, Project Sign and he disbanded. He just didn't accept the actual... Um, uh, 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 conclusions findings. of the committee yeah the findings yeah and so when you um 
when you, when you look at all the studies that have that have been, and even in Project Blue Book, when um, uh, Major General John Samford um, made that uh, announcement that um, basically 1940, 1948, I think, uh, or could have been later, um, where he stated that basically um, we we um, we don't know what they are. We don't know what these UFOs are, but they don't pose an, a threat to national security. And so, um, you know, we're, we're not going to be interested in them anymore. And uh, once um, uh, the Condon Committee had uh, put the kibosh on Project Blue Book and, and closed it, um, that was it, uh, according to what the public had perceived at the time. But I'm sure that there were other um, uh, uh, go uh, secret government um, committees which had uh, continued on the study of UFOs uh, for quite some time until ATIP. It's interesting, the, um, I was going to bring Julian in on this, um, just in regards to the transparency, obviously for the US government, well, they did come out, when was that, 15, 20 years ago, and, and, and it was the late 90s, wasn't it, when they, they mentioned Roswell for the first time, and that sort of thing. But um, the, the French have always had uh, a, well, been a lot more transparent with their UFO investigations and that sort of stuff, you know, and there uh, seems to be a sort of almost glasnost about them. They're, they're you know, happy yeah. to, every, every week in Le Monde and stuff, there seems to be a, a story about UAPs or UFOs somewhere in France or yeah. in one of their territories anyway. Why, why do you think that is? Oh, it's a good question. Uh, I think we're dealing with geopolitics here, but uh, that's right. I mean, in 1999, so that's now more than 20 years ago, the French government at the time, uh, so it was the President Jacques Chirac and the Prime Minister uh, Lionel Jospin, mm -hmm. were uh, given a report that was produced by the French Space Agency yep. in cooperation with uh, academicians and um, experts in um, astrophysics and and and, uh, and, the, and the police as well cooperation with the police and the gendarmerie and the report analyzed about 300 cases of ufo sightings and uh, encounters by uh, the military and also by civilians uh, spanning over 40 50 years and the conclusion of that report was very clear and everyone can read the report um, the conclusion was that um, these crafts are real, and they are uh, they are not they're probably not from this world. And in the conclusion of the report, um, they were saying that um, the U.S. government has been involved in uh, secrecy in, in in this regard, and that it's not good for democracy, mm. and that they should be more transparent. So why is the French a bit more transparent? Um, the French has always been a bit more independent in a way, of in regard to Russia and, 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 and the US in the Cold War. Um, uh, but also you could see you could say that you know we're still very much controlled by you know the CIA and the influence of the uh, of American agencies. So I don't think the French can go as far as they can. Yeah. Uh, and following that report, um, the president of France. Jacques Chirac said in 1999 that he was willing to give the report to uh, media agencies um, at the condition that media agencies fully tell the truth to the public, to the French public, to the readers, to the readership, without manipulating anything. So there was major reports and major articles by uh, uh, magazines like VSD and print media and 
but it really it never really reached the, the television or you know it, and it's always been a bit ridiculed as well in the culture uh, yeah. the cultural landscape so you know, um, not not just in France. Um, that's one of my uh, pet peeves, um, as Roger can probably attest. Is uh, they're not so guilty of it this time, actually. But when the media gets hold of a UFO story and and just the joke they make out of it, um, you know, they'll they'll put a bit of X Files music behind the story, and you know, even will just have a big laugh in the studio and that sort of thing. And it it actually really annoys me because. Yeah. To, to people like us that think this is a legitimate phenomenon, whatever's going on, just to make a joke out of it and, and to make people feel stupid uh, for believing in it, um, for lack of a better term, is, is pretty frustrating, actually. Um, and I th- yeah, yeah. And I think this um, transparency, which is slowly starting to come now, I mean, I was going to ask you guys, do you think it's um, a case of we're just being conditioned for for further disclosure? As, as you mentioned, we... We've seen the um, the classified side of things, but do you think you know they're going to move into sort of almost a phase, um, sort of a four phase thing where they gradually drip feed us more and more information, or do you think they'll they'll judge that based on, or whether they'll do that based on the reaction to to the most recent news or lack thereof? I think I think that's if I can if I can talk at first if, if you don't mind. Um, basically, uh, I think that that's been happening. But if you look back in history, um, you know, like it's it's hard to say because um, it seems like history repeating itself to a certain degree. Where um, you've had Project Blue Book and and, and other uh, other things where the military, the Air Force has had had a look at this problem, and uh, or not not necessarily a problem, but this phenomenon. Mm-hmm. and uh, come up with a conclusion. Um, but this time they're saying it's uh, if something that's physically real. It's not an imaginary thing. It's not, a, uh, you know, it's not something, um, it's not a necessarily a natural phenomenon or, or a prosaic explanation for it. Um, so that's, that's a step forward. And also a step forward by saying that there's some sort of trend or pattern associated with it where um, uh, when Stanford uh, made his, um, uh, uh, um, statement um, in the 1960s or could have been 50s, I can't remember. Um, but basically, uh, he was saying that uh, with uh, the, the the study that the Air Force did then at that stage, um, that it had no um, uh, pattern to it, and um, you know there was no tendencies. But they're saying now that there is. You know, um, we don't have. They're, they're saying that we don't have the appropriate sensors to actually study it properly because the sensors that we've got. Are not built to study UAPs, um, so they have to um, employ probably artificial intelligence with better sensors to actually monitor them better. Um, they're difficult to monitor because they're fleeting; they, you know, appear and they're gone in in seconds. So it's really hard to capture, um, you know, some uh, good, you know, uh, footage of them. Um, the footage is blurred, grainy most of the time, which is disappointing. Um, and it almost seems as if they can control this, you know, and, and it, you know, they, they can actually, um, you know, determine what we can see and what we can't see. And it's, it's like it's at the cusp of being, you know, like illusionary and, and or, or real, you know, it's just that they can control that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems quite unusual. Um, Julian, did you want to have Julian, your take, please? Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's, it's a great question. I think definitely we have we have been um, sort of accustomed to the idea 
over the last 70 years, the subject has been ridiculed. So there's certainly been a bit of a cultural um, uh, exercise there so that, you know, and, and also now, I think governments in the world have put in place all the tools that they need to manage potentially outbreaks or you know, uh, negative impacts on society. So now they, they, with the internet, they can, they, can, they can see what we talk about. With the anti-terror laws and, and the security measures in place since 9-11, they can now monitor pretty much everyone. With the smartphones, they, they know exactly what we're talking about. So it's very easy for them with artificial intelligence, just like Roger said, they can really measure and go what, how we view the problem. Yeah. Another thing is that um, it, it took them decades, but now I think the secret, the, 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 they, they've put in place uh, illegal uh, legalities where the, the secrecy now seems to be privatized so that governments, if, if the people of, of the world, uh, various nations, uh, if, if the people, if they are lawsuits and if we decide to take action against some agencies because of secrecy in place, etc., it seems that uh, most of that secrecy is now owned by corporations and defense contractors. So yeah. it, it seems to me that uh, potentially now, uh, and, and then you've got the COVID, the COVID situation in the world where, where we, we really can't really move around anymore. Yeah. Um, and I don't see these restrictions being lifted anytime soon. And on top of that, you've got um, there's a sort of a war on fake news, which makes it very difficult for independent thinkers. Well, it's very hard. It's very hard to decipher what's news. If you're, I mean, I work in media, so I, you know, I'm fairly okay with what I'm reading, you know, and, and how good the source is. But if you're not familiar with it, you know, you're, well, you've seen it, people get fed a load of, you know, BS, to be honest with you. That's right. So it seems that um, it's much easier now for agencies to, to control that disclosure. Now, some researchers uh, say that there's a red line of disclosure that uh, government will not uh, touch, the, the fact that there's been crash retrievals potentially. Yep. Um, but who knows? I mean, it's a difficult one, uh, but certainly like Roger said, we've been there before uh, but it seems to me that uh, now we've got more options mm. to push for the truth. And I think there's there's more of a push for, um, well, to destabilize the, the people in government that are running these things, you know, because there's, there's so many more independent, um, you know, entrepreneurs and stuff that within the space race and that sort of thing at the moment. Guys like Robert Bigelow, I wouldn't put it past him having some sort of advanced drone program or something like that going on, you know, so it's um, the people, different people, you know, in private sector have access to information that was once sort of locked up within uh, the uh, annuals of, of government, yeah. as, as it yeah. were. Yeah. And, and I want to say as well, if I may, that uh, it seems to me when I, when I listen to uh, researchers like Paul Dean from Australia as well, my colleague, yeah. our colleague Paul Dean, you know, to me, we have the tools to actually monitor the fast, what we call the fast walkers, these UFOs coming in and out of Earth atmosphere and or, or out of the oceans. We, we can actually track them quite well. And, and, and for the US agencies to say that we don't know what they are, to me, it's, it's just incredible. Because I think 
they know quite well what it, what we're talking about. Um, yeah. I think they've got a good idea about what's happening. It's just a matter of how do we handle that disclosure without causing panics in the financial markets and 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 and, and collapse of institutions and and religious organisations and so on. I think, well, I, I think some people yeah. know exactly what we're talking about. I think um, I think you hit the nail on the head with religion. I think that's really the uh, the biggest issue, isn't it? Because I mean, we're we're talking about the biggest story in history. Um, exactly. And you know, keeping a lid on that is is not easy. So they've obviously got some people who are pretty pretty skilled at that. Um, <laughs> you know, um, Roger within Mufon, um, your colleagues, etc. Um, mixed response, like most people, or or were on the majority encouraged by the findings of this report? Uh, we had a me I had a meeting with my field investigators last night and Julian was there, but um, basically I think it was generally, uh, I asked everybody and they, I think they were a bit disappointed by the report, but I was sort of like saying, well, I, I didn't expect much more. Uh, and but, you, you um, tell me, you, you said, you know, it was a bit of a, I kind of knew, it was, I won't say a non-event, but it was, um, you yeah. know, enough had been leaked out that you knew not a lot was coming. Um, so yeah, it, if you read yeah. between the lines, if you read between the lines, there, there is a lot of lot there, but you have to be uh, a bit bit more insightful about what they're saying. And not they're, just they're the headline massive, yeah. No, no. And I wouldn't have expected that from, from the Pentagon. Mm. I mean, uh, Julian spoke about crash retrievals and whatever. And, you know, like um, uh, we, we, we do know that there are documents out there which... Um, suggested crash retrievals and that uh, there are you know unacknowledged uh, special access programs within the we know that there are special access programs within the pentagon it's just the unacknowledged ones which uh the uh, not even the the higher officials in the pentagon have access to and uh, the really really um you know like <laughs> the really secretive ones that are the deeply nested ones which are you know not not even the director of the cia can access um, basically, um, these are the ones which we need to crack into. And th that was attempted by uh, a couple of people in the, in, the, in the late 90s, and in particular, Admiral Wilson, who actually tried to um, break into one of these programs because he was um, not the director at the time, but he wasn't far off the top of the, the leadership of the Pentagon. And he got told that he wasn't on the bigot list and he had no access to it, but it was a, a crash retrieval program of a, an unidentified flying object that had crashed on onto Earth. Um, and uh, the, there was a document, uh, the Eric Davies um, notes, which um, Eric Davies is an astrophysicist. He worked with NIDS in, with um, Bigelow. And uh, he, he um, met with uh, Admiral Wilson and there was a, a, a slow leak by Admiral Wilson in the sense that he uh, wanted um, Eric Davies to uh, know this information. And then um, Eric wrote the notes down and it was um, uh, hidden in the files of um, uh, the late Ed Edgar Mitchell, the sixth uh, man to land on the moon. And it was generally uh, eventually leaked out by um, uh, a guy that I know. And um, uh, basically he um, had uh, found the document in a pile of documents and basically it was uh, uh, leaked to uh, uh, Grant Cameron initially, one of the researchers in the United States. And he gave that to his lawyer and, he, and his lawyer didn't want him to, because of the legal, legal implications to, to leak it. But he, he then eventually sent it to Richard Dolan. And Richard Dolan um, 
leaked uh, leaked it on on, on YouTube to, to the public. And so it, it's it's a smoking gun saying that they could have crash retrievals. And that in a sense, if they've got that, if they've got the physical hardware, well then you know they they exactly know what they are. Yeah. Um, they know exactly what they are and where they come from and basically how they operate to a certain degree. You know, if they've, if they've been, well, they have probably couldn't um, have engine uh, reverse engine need them, but um, you know, they've got physical evidence. And, you, and, and Sorry, go ahead. And Bigelow apparently has got some, you know, fragments, if not more than fragments of, yeah. of uh, you know, um, uh, metamaterials that uh, supposedly come from UFOs that he's he's currently studying with uh, Jacques Vallée yeah. and um, and a few other people. So, and Jacques Vallée has been uh, very interested in in, in uh, researching metamaterials with Hal Putoff and 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 uh, a few others. What's, uh, what's his Davis, background? Sorry, who? Uh, Jacques. What's his What's his background? Uh, I think Julian Julian could probably tell you more about Jacques than I can. Oh, Jacques is a, Jacques he's an is astrophysicist. He's an astrophysicist. He's a computer scientist. He's an investor, financier. Uh, he's, he worked with NASA to help uh, write computer programs uh, to, to send uh, astronauts in space. Uh, I mean, you know, he worked with... Um, uh, he worked with many people in the 60s and 70s in the US at the highest echelon. Yeah. Uh, and he's very interested in UFO research. And yeah. He lives in California and he's written many, many books. And uh, one of his latest books has just been uh, published on uh, Roswell crash. I mean, Jacques Vallée is the father of UFOlogy. Yep. Sounds like some, he, he, sounds like some required reading then. Well, yep. yeah, I mean, that's right. And, and what's required as well, I think, is that the, the media take a serious look at that because I think... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, journalists, this is their job to actually research what's going on. And I think this is the most important issue of human history. And of course I think it is, yeah. Absolutely. That's what, that's what we're here talking today. That's right. Um, now, I think it was Roger earlier mentioned um, just about, you know, the, the footage. I'm talking about the, um, obviously, the stuff from 2004 to, to present. Um, some of the footage, you know, being, well, all of it really being, your, you know, your granny out of focus sort of carry on. Um, I heard an interesting theory on another uh, paranormal type show the other day, another podcast. Um, a fellow on it mentioned um, that he felt the best footage um, actually gets held back. Is there any, you know, well, is there any, any evidence for this? Um, or is this sort of pure speculation that the, the military, you know, will release what it, what it feels like releasing? Um, and if the, well, you know, if the image is... is a bit rough then um you know that's going to create that doubt in people's minds isn't it yeah i think that's a good uh, uh, that's an interesting concept because uh, uh maybe they are leaking out the ones which are iffy you know you get you can sort of like um like the, the nimitz one with the gimbal uh video you can see an object it's grainy but you can see it and you can see it like it they you know like say it's a top and it's so like it's hovering. Like, how does it hover? You know, like, um, and how does, it, how does it move without any? Yeah. Yeah. And how does it move without any, um, you know, wings or anything like that? But I then it's grainy. It's not. I think. I think Roger, that the we live in, um, you know, this obviously social media age and video age, and everyone videos everything. Um, and I think, you know, is there some sort of subterfuge going on by them releasing these granny pictures? 
Um, and as this theory goes, keeping the good ones, you know, because these days, young people in particular need to be satisfied that, you know, something is, is legit, um, given that, you know, you can, all the fakery you can do with deep fakes and so forth. So, um, you know, if you put something to them that looks like it's been filmed on an old Nokia, um, you know, that's, isn't that the greatest piece of sort of aversion <laughs> you've, uh, you've ever heard of? Because, you know, they're looking at it saying, you know, that's been the young people well, I was in particular of. Until the footage well, is better, I think you're not going to convince a lot of people. No, um, mm. uh, but then again, the sensory data is more important. So um, even though you might have a grainy um, image or a radar scan or something like that, uh, flare, a flare um, image or video, mm. Uh, basically, it's the sensory data. So um, the sensory data involves um, how far away the object is. Is it solid? Is it giving off heat? Is it uh, giving off any uh, electromagnetic radiation? Is it, um, you know, what shape is it? Has it got, surf you know, what sort of surfaces does it have? How does it stay hovering without any surfaces? How does it move? Um, why is it moving at, um, you know, like uh, Mach 10? You know, how can it move at Mach 10? You know, things like that. The sensory data is really important in this and it doesn't have to really be something that's absolutely clear um, although I think in the classified version of this document they probably do have some stuff that's uh, a lot more clearer and in fact there is one uh, video where it shows a, a triangle coming out of the ocean and that's supposed to be like amazingly clear um, and they have not released that this is what I've been told. Yeah, I, I did hear about that. It was um, someone put out a sort of a rendering, sort of a version. A drawing, of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw that. And that, well, that'd be that'd be worth a look, wouldn't it? If you get, you well, know. I don't know if they could get yeah, get access to anything like that, or whether they declassify anything like that. I mean, it'd cause a bit of a stir, oh, wow. I think. Yeah, absolutely. even if they de de declassified these things, you sort of like wonder how people would take it. That would be just say, oh, like it's CGI or something well, like that. that. This, is, this is sort of what I'm getting at. I mean, um, to get that, you know, gratification that you know what you're looking at is legit and that sort of thing. People obviously in the modern age want to th see things in HD um, and, you know, mm. good quality camera. And is it really, and I can kind of see their argument. Um, well, I can see the, um, you know, arguments of people who don't believe in the whole phenomenon, saying why can't you get one decent? It's it's hard to get a it's hard to get a really good photo. I mean, I took a photo. I realize it happens. My... You know, it's it's just the fact that people are carrying these things in their pockets. You know, at yeah, some point, I know. But I took I took a photograph of sorry, I took a photograph of the moon once and a full moon, and it was terrible uh, with my with my Android. And yeah. I still I think, gee, I wonder if it, if I saw a UFO with a little cause... tiny speck. You know, it's going to turn out crap sorry but it's going to turn out crap um so i think that it's it, you've got to have the right equipment to actually and they're so quick and yeah. they're fleeting like they you can just the, it, i saw a ufo and it, it, it lasted for about um i don't know three oh, no, sorry more than that probably about uh, 10 seconds um yep. you've got to be ready you've got to have your tripod there you've got to have fantastic equipment <laughs> to catch it and to zoom in on it you know mm. like how do you do that mm. Mm. Julian, I, think, no, your, your I just want to say that, um, of course, um, ninety-five percent of the best photographic evidence uh, is being hidden from the public, mm. um, and I think these, whether they're videos or you know tracking by radar systems, because now we've got such advanced radar systems in the sky, satellites, or whether they're photographic evidence, 
uh, I think a lot of them would be quite shocking to watch for most of the public. But also we need to remember the, the list of mass sightings, UFO sightings that have occurred in, in the last 70 years. And, and, and hundreds of thousands of people have seen these UFOs in the sky. There's been massive sightings. Um, and I think, you know, people need, tend to forget history. Um, and, and when you look at history and what, what's been happening in the last 70 years, there's been a lot of mass sightings um, in the USA, but all around the world as well. And so, you know, people, people know what they saw. And, and, and I think, you know, I've, I've never witnessed the UFO, but when, when you witness one, I think you realize this, this is not from this planet. And there's millions of people who have had this experience. And I'm talking mass, mass sightings. So yeah. You're talking Phoenix Lights and Battle of Los Angeles and these sort of things. Exactly. Yeah. Can I just say something? Sorry to interrupt you. But um, with the Phoenix Lights thing that you brought that up, um, there was recently um, a YouTube video um, that came out, and I think it was, I can't remember who the. Very uh, similar, wasn't it? I saw that. Yeah. There there was a photograph that a guy took um, uh, during the Phoenix Lights um, event, and he hadn't uh, hadn't, uh, made it public, but he just recently made it public, and it's um, it shows shows the lights in some a particular pattern that's quite clear and it's very very um uh, it's quite a good photograph that's and right. they were saying well why didn't you show that you know in the 90s when it was when it happened and he just said like i just didn't think it was anything special and you know i just took a photograph of it and then um and just put it away you know because that, so the, um, that would have been on the back of that famous press conference where the um the government mayor, the mayor or something came in dressed as an alien or the mayor introduced five simington yeah, yeah that's what it was yeah yeah. yeah, you got you had the, the Belgium um, UFO triangle wave, you know, where yeah. uh, police officers made pictures of these triangles, and, and when people say, "Oh, this is a secret tech from our governments," I mean, you have to remind everyone that we've seen these tic tac objects back in the 1930s by the best trained pilots, you know, in Canada, for example, in North America. Uh, so these sightings have have been occurring for a long, long time. So for a secret agency to have been able to develop these, these technologies, um, you know, back a hundred years ago now, uh, seems to me completely impossible. So of course there are photographic evidence. Uh, it's just not being released to the public. I mean, I can, I can appreciate in the old days when, you know, it, it took a few minutes to set up, uh, you know, to take a, take a picture. Um, but you know, these days with people having them stuck to their hands and stuff like that, I think it's, but as you say, you know, I mean, that footage could have been, you know, um, taken by some sort of malevolent force from the uh, person who, who made the video, you know, they could have inquiries by your men in black and that sort of thing. So who really knows what, what happens to the best stuff? As you say, we probably, we probably don't even see it. Well, apparently the best, um, photograph ever taken was in McMinnville by, um, uh, a couple uh, uh, f- um, that that um, had a, a box camera, and um, it's never been um, disputed. It was just a like a, a saucer shaped um, yeah. uh, craft that was taken, um, and it's 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 been analysed several times, and they they just they they're saying it's definitely not a hoax. Yeah. Um, it happened in I think 1950. In the 50s. Um, in the 50s. And um, it's it's never been proven to be a hoax or any or, or a prosaic object of any kind. And it's um, so you, you're going way back then. Um, uh, the Trents, I think they were called, and they had a camera. Um, and I think the um, 
uh, somebody saw it and then just pulled out the camera and just took a, a perfect shot of it. A couple of so you're going way back then. Yep. Yeah. Mm. And then and then you've got uh, evidence uh, traces uh, on on the ground. You know, uh, soil samples. Um, so there's a lot of evidence, uh, but certainly the best is kept uh, away from the public. Uh, but it's this report is showing you know a little bit of it's a it's a step forward, and I think it will take time for human society to accept the reality that we are not alone and that we are not the most advanced civilization in the you know, in, in, in the galaxy or let alone the universe. Uh, and, and, you know, just like uh, Galileo discovered the fact that the earth wasn't the center of the universe, uh, you know, it took 300 years for the Catholic church to accept that, that fact, mm -hmm. Three, 300 <laughs> years. It's, it's, it's a lot of generations. Yeah, no, you're right. Things, things do take time, you know, especially if you're changing a complete mindset from, you know, the past, you know, thousand years or so, so couple thousand years it's um yeah it's certainly an interesting time i'm i don't know if um do you, do you guys think we're actually going to hear much more or do you think you know the public will sink into its comfortably numbed state again and and there isn't <laughs> enough people sort of pushing the envelope for them to to keep going with this or or is there a real movement has been started um i i think since 2017 um since the um leaking of those um videos to um uh, Christopher Mellon, um, basically the gimbal and the go fast and the uh, and the Nimitz um, videos that started the ball rolling, and because I think the only reason why it's gained impetus and they also stated in that document uh, that they released is because it's it they perceiving it now as a national threat. Mm. Um, so basically, you know, there have been near misses about eighteen near misses. They say. Um, uh, but, um, you know, uh, nothing's actually crashed. So nothing has actually hit an, an aircraft yet. Um, none of those UFOs apparently haven't hit an aircraft yet. Um, so that's what started the impetus. So I think that uh, if there's, you know, like they go down that road where they're saying, well, we still need to look into it because it's going to be a, a still, you know, a, a possibility of something crashing into something and it's a safety issue. Well, then that might keep the ball rolling in terms of. Um, I mean, that, them. That's, that's not a um, small amount of incidents, is it? 18. Yeah. No, mm. no. And uh, if they're intelligently, um, you know, um, uh, uh, maneuverable, uh, maneuvered craft, well, then hopefully they know how to keep their distance away from another terrestrial craft um, in the sense that, you know, they'll, they have some sort of anti collision mechanism. But, um, you know, um, if one does crash, well, then there's your evidence, you know, if it's, if it's going to, you know, if, if a crash does happen, well, then are we going to know about it? You know, are they going to, you know, disclose it? Mm. And, yeah, that's right. I agree with you, Roger. And I think there's two aspects of what national security means. Um, one is certainly the risk of, uh, you know, potentially the, the nuclear uh, installations around the world. We know now very much that uh, these UFOs are very interested in our nukes. Uh, there's been, I've interviewed military personnel who have witnessed uh, issues with their computers, um, like Tom Wharton, for example, it's on my website, um, ufoparadigm.com, where uh, the computers were 
detecting potentially you know ICBM uh, so it, on ICBM inter, intercontinental ballistic the missile yeah. uh, they were identifying potential Russian threats and at the last and they were about to to call for approval to launch um, missiles counter strikes and at the last minute the computer stops working and everything goes off and and and, and you know that's been happening all around the world um, in China in in India um, where you've got nuclear power, so a, there's, a, there's, there's a risk here with, with our nukes, but also there's the, nuclear, the, the security risk that uh, the military is talking about, you have to understand, is, is potentially as well in terms of impact on our society. You know? So the reality of UFO is, is a national security threat because if you tell the truth to the public, society may collapse. So mm -hmm. there's two angles, I think, to national security. And the job of the military is to keep our country safe and so yes. and, and another aspect is i think the ball is going to keep rolling like what you said because you know we we've heard from the navy the u.s navy but we haven't heard from from the u.s air force and the u.s air force mm -hmm. have have the they're the ones who have um, probably the you know eyes in the sky they've got the best uh, equipment to to analyze what's going on and we haven't heard from them so i think it's uh, it's it's gonna be very interesting in the next few months and years to come mm. has the um air force been approached at all i'm so i'm sure there's been um oai sort of um applications filed and things like that. that is there a reason why they're signed as well or is it something they've just palmed off to the navy because the, the navy sort of got the footage so to speak is it to be or yeah uh, yeah go for well, it. either one uh, so they've got a uh kathleen hicks is the uh uh, Deputy Secretary of Defence, and she's um, uh, drafted a memo to um, not just the US um, Navy, but uh, also uh, uh, any any military organisation like the Air Force, etc. Um, basically, and Ground Forces. Um, basically, that she was saying that um, uh, uh, they're going to keep on, um, uh, you know, researching this this the UAPs. And she obviously they they want to not just um, include the uh, navy, but they want to include the air force and 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 uh, other military uh, organisations in, in involved in this. And they want to um, uh, encourage people to in the military to actually report um, any sort of um, uh, UAP activity. Um, so that's that was actually released on the twenty fifth of June, which was the exact day. I think was it twenty fifth, yeah, twenty fifth of June. 2021, the same day that they released the UAP task force um, uh, um, document. So that's interesting. Well, that's no error, is it? If it's come out at the same time. It, it, yeah. It's probably yeah. just to, um, you know, shove something in front of the press because they know they're going to come asking different branches of the military. I, I suspect the Coast Guard probably put something out as well, or, you know, some, one of those maritime sort of defence forces anyway, you know. Because uh, there is a big swing towards the, uh, do we call them USOs, the um, the underwater yeah. UFOs? We do. Yeah. Um, well, and they, they seem to be gaining prevalence, don't they? Or sightings right. do. And one thing we need to remember is that the US Navy is a much older institution organization as the Air Force. So, um, and, and also in this mammoth organization, it's not just one voice, there's many uh, different op op opinions. Um, and so, Sure. It's a, well, it's it's a, yeah. 
It's interesting because I mean that you know that the videos that we got were from aircraft and they were on the ships, the battleships. And <laughs> so where do you draw the line? Is it US, you know, Navy or is it Air Force? Um, you know, like what do they classify the planes that the jets that take off the the Navy vessels? They were Navy. They, they were Navy. The Navy. Navy they were Navy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yep. So yeah, but I mean, yep. Like I said, whoever's got the best footage has probably got you know the foot in the door. So yeah. um, hey, bring it on, you know. Everyone wants everyone wants to know what's going on. I think now it's um, yeah, it's to me. Look, it's kind of past that point now where the umming and ahhing's got to stop a little bit. I mean, this has gone some way to alleviating um, the the well the inquiries from journalists and people in the UFO community. Obviously, that would be no doubt bombarding um you know the the press offices of the pentagon and, and branches of the military and stuff so i mean does it placate people like you guys who are involved or is it just doesn't make you want to just you know give up or does it make you just want to keep keep hunting for the truth to you to finally find out what's going on that's a, it's an oh. interesting question oh, roger please i oh, know you go yeah. i just it's an interesting question because i think now scientists around the world are taking the matter more seriously and mm. so i think the movement of ufo research is still here to 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 continue i'm certainly very much more motivated than before and also i've heard from other researchers that uh, uh, for example in australia uh, the the authorities are not really interested in um, civilian sightings anymore they don't want to i think since 1995 they've they've declined to uh, record any sightings from from civilians and I think MUFON has been accumulating these reports ever since mm -hmm. because the, the defense forces are more interested in sightings from the, the military from the jets from the Australian Royal Air Force um, and so when you've got radars uh, tracking uh, a fast walker an unidentified flying object or UAP uh, then they, they scramble jets to try to um, uh, photograph and capture images of these of these ufos i also believe that a lot of the investments around the world in in submarines by the militaries um, is because they want to try to understand what's going on under on under the oceans um, mm -hmm. and like you said many many ufos seems to be transmedium they can go from space into the atmosphere into the oceans very easily so it's just it's it's a very interesting time and i think um what I try to do with uh, my website is to work with other researchers around the world, scientists, people like Roger, um, because it's an interesting time. And I'm, I'm certainly not going to give up, for, for sure. What's the uh, hotbed of, of USO activity? Uh, Roger, you want to answer that the, question? The, un the undersea stuff, yeah. I, I um, As me uh, and MUFON director, we don't get any um, cases uh, that are... Um, uh, USOs because uh, I think the military may get them uh, mainly because they've got the submarines and everything. Uh, but we do see we do, a we get reports thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, we get reports of um, uh, people seeing UFOs go into bodies of water mm -hmm. and come out of bodies of water, but that's about it. And um, uh, obviously, we can't you know like we can't track them or anything. We don't have the facilities. We you know only have the facilities to to um, examine them, you know, examine video footage of them in the air. Um, so, but, um, you know, the classic one was uh, Shag Harbour um, in, uh, I think, the United States or Canada, I'm not quite 
for sure where Shag Harbour is. But um, there was a, uh, an unidentified flying object. Sorry? Yeah, I think it is Canada. I remember seeing it. Canada, a, yeah. The um, so there was a, a UFO that uh, was tracked um, by radar and it actually um, was tracked to go. It, it was, it was um, identified uh, by, sorry, it was sighted by uh, civilians as well and it went into the water and it um it, it um actually um you know like moved in the water as well and it was tracked um and i also know somebody in new zealand who um used to be a uh, uh, like um uh, part of the crew of a submarine and he he actually was involved in a underwater uh ufo event um but the submarine actually managed to um pick up uh, by on radar a, a UFO and he was involved in that um, incident um, and um, he told me about that but um, yeah I, I, I don't know uh, too much about it um, and I know there's been instances where U, um, USOs have been recorded and obviously the Nimitz um, um, uh, 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 Fravor, uh, Dave Fravor had um, uh, spotted um, you know, so a disturbance on the water, and there was that tic tac was actually just um, uh, circling a disturbance in the water, indicating that there might have been an, a USO under it. Because um, there was some uh, report so, of some glowing, um, not that night, but a, a couple of nights earlier, wasn't there? Some sort of glowing under the surface that was that was seen before the tic tacs, a couple of night, you know, a couple of days later. Uh, yeah, there could have been. I, I, Not even I heard hadn't it. heard of that one. I'll dig it no. out for you. I, I, I okay. remember reading it the other week. Yeah. I think yeah. also, I think I think with the the collapse of USSR, there's been a bit of information um, that shows that potentially uh, Russian submarines have uh, had issues with unidentified, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, objects on 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 the water. So. Mm. My, my my thought, my theory on that uh, is that there's there's USOs all across the world. Um, you know, two thirds of the planet Earth is made of oceans, and there's a lot of water. Uh, and then you you have to look at the work of uh, potentially Richard Saunders, uh, who published a book uh, called Hidden in Plain Sight, where he talks about uh, underground secret bases uh, of, of military agencies. You know, why, why are they going underground with, with black budgets? And that's been going on for, for, for decades. Um, so there's certainly um, a lot of activity potentially um, underground and, and, and on, 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 you know, in, in the oceans. And I think that's why militaries of the world are interested in, 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 in spending a lot of money in, um, in submarines and um, Look, um, I think there's a lot that uh, that's happening, and I think the reality is, if if we knew uh, what's going on, I think most people would, would run to the hills. It, it's and that's why I think it's a matter of national security, uh, because mm. the military of the world don't, don't want to lose control. And um, we don't, so, we don't, we all saw what happened with Orson Welles, didn't we? When he uh, decided to do his war of the worlds uh, speech and the, the mass hysteria that followed that so it's it's not like there isn't uh, a precedent from humankind for this sort of thing yeah so this i think this report is a step in the right direction because uh, i think for the first time um, um how do we stop it turning into another Project Blue Book that sort of, you know, thoroughly sort of 
thrashed, so to speak, um, you know, and went into the annuals of history, but nothing really came out of it in the end, except, you know, the people who worked on it, you'll see them pop up on UFO shows it, around town. I think it depends on the military because they've got to, um, now that they've been given, you know, um, uh, a white card to just you know, okay you know like report these things yeah. um instead of being ridiculed uh i think it'll gain impetus because of the fact that they um are now gonna feel free to report them and yeah. that's gonna you know like gain some impetus i think mm. yeah but there's still going to be a shadowy sort of branch controlling it all or controlling the release of the information Oh, I think there always will be, um, you know. Uh, As we say, they're not going to let the best stuff out, are they? Yeah, it's, it's, it, I think it's a very fine line that they're treading on. Um, and this is not just the Pentagon. Um, if there is a cabal that exists that they we don't know about, um, basically, uh, they're probably manipulating the situation. And um, basically, um, I don't know... Um, exactly what it is it's probably what julian was saying there is uh, there could be a sinister aspect to this ufos not meaning that they're evil or they're demonic i'm not i'm not saying that but i'm just saying that um they probably you know like if they do exist they have uh their agenda uh, whatever it is and um we don't know what that agenda exactly is but it's it a little... could be good and could be bad and it could be several species involved or one species i don't know i mean it's it's hard to say, and basically, I don't think disclosure is ever going to happen, and and it's uh, you know leaving us in a bit of a lurch. But if we if we do if everyone does you know if we do get disclosure, that means that I'm out of a job as a ufologist anyway. So, I mean, you know, not that this is a job for me, but it's you know like it's it's something it's that I'm extremely interested in and passionate yeah. about. But um, yeah. you know, if we do get disclosure, um, that's it. You know. Uh, you got to live with it and say, you know, uh, everybody's got to, um, you know, uh, adapt to a new world, new, new world view. And, you know, and if they're checking out, well, they're, if they're paying particular interest to uh, missile silos and, and nuclear installations, as Julian was saying, um, well, they might have more nefarious intent than we, uh, than we'd hoped. Well, you don't know because basically mm -hmm. the, they might be um, turning them off to say, look, um, we can control these nukes, so we don't want you to blow yourselves up. So yeah. um, it, it might be good that they you know, do have um, this ability to be able to turn them off and turn them on. Um, because uh, if, uh, say, for example, Russia, or not, I just say the United States decided to uh, or accidentally sent an intercontinental, <laughs> intercontinental ballistic missile uh, towards Moscow, um, basically... Uh, they could possibly intercept it and, and and blow it up in 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 space. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Um, uh, in in that way, um, then they'll make themselves known you know, that they've interfered with, you know, um, uh, you know, and and sort of like uh, prevented a, a third world war, a nuclear war, or whatever. So um, it might be good that they're here and you know um, yeah, can control our, you know, yeah. yeah. What, if I can say as well, Jim, I think, uh, yeah, I agree with Roger. I think, Jim, you're interested in paranormal as well and, you know, other aspects of reality that we don't fully understand. I think paranormal means the opposite of science. We don't really understand what's happening. I, I like to think that we're dealing with a multiple um, uh, phenomenon. So mm. my view is that it, it's not that simple. It's not uh, one species of uh, gray aliens. 
yeah visiting, visiting the planet i think i think we're dealing with a multitude of aspects and uh, my background is in is in uh, environmental protection and, and research but i've studied as well quantum physics and string theory and multiverse theories and you know reading brian green and uh, lawrence krauss and and it seems to me that we are dealing with advanced civilizations who are who have crafts that uh, can manipulate space-time, so that's that's a sort of an easier concept to understand. But still, because people, uh, sorry, Julian, people often uh, say to me when I'm discussing this, they'll say, uh, "How have they got the power or fuel or whatever they, you know, diesel yeah. to to travel 100 billion miles yeah, to get here?" Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. they've got to have to be employing some sort of um, well. Um, Bob Lazar talked about that with the element 115, didn't he? he Talk about That's the right. propulsion. So, I mean, they're, they're utilizing wormhole technology or, or some sort of propulsion that we don't have. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So when you look at the Kardashev scale, for example, that Russian mathematician that developed uh, yeah. type one, type two, three civilization. So I think we could potentially be dealing with type two and type three civilizations who can in, indeed manipulate space-time very easily, just like we manipulate um, matter uh, yep. with nanotechnologies or genes. Um, so they advanced, but I think also potentially we're dealing with interdimensional beings as well at the same time, because when you look at string theory, it seems that um, there are dimensions that haven't really expanded with inflation and the Big Bang, and they are they curled up, if you like. So with the, the work of Brian Greene and super string theory, it seems that there are an additional seven or eight dimensions that we're not how, really How do they yet. come up with the 11 dimensions for the M theory? Well, look, I've read the books, um, and I will have to, you know, uh, read read again because it's quite complex. <laughs> but it's 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 mostly based on mathematics and, and theories. But uh, yeah. it it seems to, it seems that, uh, that there's there's other dimensions, and so if there's other dimension, there could be uh, other type of beings from these dimensions. So I think we're dealing with that as well at the same time as uh, proper crafts with uh, aliens. And I think when you look at the multiverse theory, uh, where there's, there's other universes, like bubble universes, it, it's mm. completely conceivable that uh, other uh, aspects of the UFO phenomenon is, is to do with uh, the multiverse theory, you know, beings or, or entities coming from other universes. Um, so I think the phenomenon of the UFO reality is much more complex than just one species uh, coming to save us from nukes, uh, like maybe Stephen Greer would like to believe, uh, and and maybe they are. I, I respect the work of Stephen Greer, but maybe they are uh, alien species trying to do that. But I think there's other types of entities and potentially many. Yeah, I have heard stories of there being uh, four. I think this might have come from Paul. Is it Paul Hellier, the Canadian Defence Minister? Yep. yep. Um, I might be misquoting him, but I remember him saying something about there's four species that visit Earth on a regular basis, um, yeah. and one's kind of the classic grey, and two of them are sort of happy to work with us. One's more observation, and the other one sort of yeah, wouldn't trust to sit the right way in a toilet seat, yeah. as it were. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, and I think he's he's, he's talking about seven actually. Is it uh, oh, seven? Think, okay. I think and and probably more. I would say um, and. and I think the militaries of the world agencies they know a lot more than than what they want to say when they say we don't know what they are i, I think it means that they don't fully understand but they have a better idea than just um, they know something's happening they don't know yeah and then and that's the know, difference for admitting that's that right. 
Yeah, mm. you, you, you've, you've got to be very open to the fact that we don't fully understand the universe and the physics. Mm -hmm. and, and we send spacecraft, um, you know, we build the International Space Station based on Einstein, you know, physics of um, relativity. You know, we, we don't fully understand physics and the universe. And the understanding of our, our closest, you know, um, space as opposed to, you know, what works somewhere else. You know, exactly. we, can, we only build things to, you know, that function in our realm, don't we? That's right. So yeah. I think it's a very complex phenomenon. But the, the, the report is a step forward, like, like Roger said. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we're going to lose our job anytime soon. <laughs> no, I think there's still plenty more to discuss and plenty more investigation to be done and plenty more, well, sightings to be made, I suppose. But, but I'd like the public yeah. to be a bit more interested. Uh, it feels to me that there's a bit of an apathy and uh, people are not really interested, either because they're scared or because it challenges their views and their, 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 their cultural... Uh, I think it's probably a mixture of everything. Yeah. Um, and some people are, are more matter-of-fact, you know, they need they need the, something tangible, they need the evidence, you know. It's, okay. it's without seeing I it, it's... they won't change their mind. I think it's very hard for people that haven't seen a UFO um, that, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's hard for them to believe. And, and I can understand the skeptics and the debunkers um, to a certain degree, because I was very much a skeptic before I saw a UFO and then uh, just completely changed my uh, understanding of the world. Um, so if you haven't seen one, um doesn't necessarily mean that you are a skeptic or a debunker or it, but it's um like julian hasn't seen one but um he he still believes through the literature that he's read that there's something to it mm -hmm. um but a lot of people don't read the literature and they they're not uh they haven't been exposed to the enormity of the literature it's yeah. it's so complex a field and it's such a um an yeah, interesting well, and, and diverse field and and very complex field and i think the general public don't know that well, the press, the press are actually quite lazy, aren't they, in terms of what they report in regards to UFOs? You know, they they'll jump on a release, but in terms of doing their background, you know, they'll they'll do a new story that refers back to Roswell or some crap like yeah, that. Yeah, there's a, there's only a couple of reporters like George Knapp and a few others, which yeah. are really like the US reporters. There's no one here in Australia that I think, apart from Ross Coulthard, has started to to um, get into it. Yeah. Um, but he he left his run a bit late. Who does he write for? Um, he he was part of um, was it Channel Seven? Yep. Um, yeah, Channel Seven. So he was uh, an anchor man, uh, not an anchor man on Channel Seven, but he was a reporter. And I think in sixty minutes was he at one stage? Yeah. Um, so uh, Ross is 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 very interested in UFOs now, um, and uh, I think that you know like uh, some of the anchor men in in the states now, like um, uh, George Knapp and well, I forgot the other guy's name. So Norrie, um, there's a fellow called George Norrie, isn't it? George Norrie is actually um, a podcaster, yeah. uh, a but there's 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 a guy, uh, there's an anchor man on. Is it? Uh, it's not. Um, is it Fox News? <laughs> I forgot his name, but yep. um, he 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 has those uh, you know those really weird facial expressions. <laughs> is it Tucker <laughs> Carlson? Tucker Carlson, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tucker Carlson is is he he. <laughs> it took you to say he's got weird facial expressions. <laughs> up on it. Um, he he used to be a skeptic, and now he's really into it. He's right he's into, really it, into, into it. Noticed. He's right into it. So he's a, again, yeah. when you look at history, and for example, now we know very well Operation Mockingbird. Um, people need to understand that. Um, 
there's an infiltration of the mainstream media by by secret services, you know, and 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 they truly control the the, the narrative of the mainstream media. So I truly believe that many scientists around the world and journalists they, they can't talk or if they do they have to be careful what they say and i think it's a drip by drip disclosure and you know i used to be frustrated by the fact that uh, people like carl sagan or neil tyson degrass brian cox these mainstream scientists that they, they, they never yeah. mentioned, they, you know they, they tell you that oh there may be life over there because there's water mm. in but they, they truly, they, they, they understand that there's the... I think that, I think I've always found Neil deGrasse Tyson a bit dismissive of um, the whole phenomenon, a bit smug yeah. about it. Um, no, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, he's a bit of a clown as well. I mean, I, yeah. I don't particularly like him, um, if I can say that. <laughs> no, um, he, he's, you like on this show. <laughs> he's, he's very dismissive. And um, I, I don't think, like, he, he's... Uh, um, He's got the opinion that um, you know why why should an alien have an anthropomorph anthropomorphic figure mm. you know like, why why should they why, they they could look like anything where, where he's not qualified to state that he yeah. he's he hasn't got a biology degree um he's an astrophysicist but um yeah stick to astrophysics you know don't don't mention anything about astrobiology if you don't know much about it you know and and uh, like I I've I've seen him being interviewed by he's CNN a go-to guy isn't he. He is, and um, I, I, I really am like, I mean, I, I, I don't like, and I, I occasionally comment, you know, on YouTube about him, and it, and it can be a bit dismissive of him, but I, I, I don't know, I just, I just don't tolerate people like that. Um, he's got to open his mind a bit more, and you know, like, you know, he's, he's so a, black and white about the subject. Yeah. yeah, a few years ago, um, I went to there's an observatory in, in Auckland here near where I live, and um. I went to a observatory and it was when the phenomenon of rods had come out. You know, we all remember the rods that would, I don't know if they're giant bugs or some sort of probe. Um, and anyway, people keep catching them on uh, on VHS. Do you remember these flying rod things? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 Anyway, they, I asked. They, they, they were sort of like spiral things that were yeah. in the atmosphere. Yeah. And um, just the woman I spoke with at the observatory, just how I was just a young guy at the time. And I was, you know, saying, what do you think of these rods sort of thing? And it was just, she wouldn't even consider the, the um, fact that they could be, you know, extraterrestrial or whatever. You know, they probably weren't, you know, it turns out that they probably mm. bugs getting caught on film. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it was basically it was just, you know, again, smugness from that, from that science yeah. community. And that's one thing that does bug me. A lot because you know they spend the whole time in fight as you'll know roger they in fighting amongst themselves over over who's a smarter you know or who theory is, is correct um and you well know, they don't you, agree with each other i mean no. obviously you know like uh, like uh, some scientists um you know like some of them um you know won't necessarily believe in one thing or another like um you know it, uh, inflation you know like i mean uh, the big bang and you know some of us some of them may not agree with the yeah. concept of you know the theory of inflation um some of them do you know how can you travel faster than the speed of light mm -hmm. according to einstein's you know theory of relativity and why would it be an exception uh you know of inflation in the beginning of the universe mm -hmm. um so they sometimes they don't agree but you know like um uh you know i don't know i mean they're, they're always going to be people like that um they haven't seen a ufo as i said before and you get people like Jacques Vallée and and uh, J. Allen Hynek, who were astrophysicists as well, and they, you know, they were converted. Um, you've you've got um, a lot of scientists who, you know, like uh, James McDonald, uh, who was a a, 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 a 
uh, he wasn't an astrophysicist, but he was a, um, a meteorologist, uh, a professor of meteorology, and he uh, was a big advocate for um, studying UFOs. He came to Australia in the 60s as well, and a friend of mine actually met him. Um, so there's, there's a lot of people out there that have got PhDs that, um, uh, that are, uh, you know, um, university lecturers and, 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 and astrophysicists that do believe in the subject and not necessarily believe in it, but but uh, have an open mind to actually um, at least um, uh, toy around with the idea that it could be something that could be studied. You know? They do, they do yeah. tend to create a Seriously. big us versus them situation. Um, you know, it's sort of like because they need, obviously the, they're employing the scientific method and they need that that evidence. It just, they give off this air of superiority about the whole thing, you know, like you don't know what it is either. So it's, I, yeah. I can't see what they're so smug about. Well, they, they can't prove that black holes exist because they can't see them. And, you yeah. know, I get that they say that, you know, you can't, you know, um, basically they're saying that, um, you know, you, I can't see, you can't see quarks uh, like Frank Stanton Friedman. He was a nuclear physicist. He says, look, I've, I've never seen a, you know, a quark, you know, uh, uh, but um, you're saying that uh, just because you haven't seen a, you know, a UFO that they don't exist, you know, mm -hmm. um, this classic statement by, by Stan Friedman, um, which which he mentioned um you know things that if you don't if you can't see it doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't exist you know yeah. my, my view on that is that um, many of these mainstream figures um are not able to to talk so because they could lose their grant their job they could be ridiculed mm. because it's a very tightly controlled system and it's been proven um with operation mockingbird and i think it's still in, very much in place today and now with the you know, the problem of fake news, and then we talk about QAnon and all that stuff. Uh, it seems to me that, you know, we can't have alternative theories. Uh, I'm not saying that QAnon is great, but I'm saying that we need to have in place safeguards to ensure that we have the freedom of thinking and freedom of expression. It's very dear to me as a French person. Before you get cancelled. <laughs> that's right. And mm. so, and, and, and science work on theories. That's what scientific mm. do. Uh, they, they, they lay out theories and try to prove them until it's disproved. So, but what I'd like to see in the in 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 the, the next few months is a shift in the the discussion with the public, where we could say we could clearly say that okay, we're probably not alone. We we have the proofs of that. Uh, there's there's technology there that's um, monitoring us, interested in our civilization, and so we are not alone. And I don't expect those in power to tell us everything about what's happening at the Skinwalker Ranch and tell us why there's missing people and, um, you know, the work of David Politis, for example, um, abductions and, you know, and, and, and uh, ghosts. And, and, you know, I don't think we will discuss these things anytime soon because it's, it's a scary reality out there. But at least if we could start talking, um, you know, amongst ourselves as a society that um, we are not alone they are advanced civilizations and, um, and 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 the impact on our institutions i think that would be a great i would like to see that in my lifetime um, and let's uh, let's hope those discussions do well the, the whole thing opens up a bit and, and people can talk freely about this sort of thing and gauge each other's opinion on it um without everyone thinking you're a nutcase which, uh, and which sadly does still happen, I can assure you. Just, just one thing about the, um, the scientific hypothesis thinking. Um, basically, 
Um, I, I, as you know, I've done, I did a PhD, and you had with a PhD, you need to come up with a hypothesis, and you mm. either prove you prove the null hypothesis true or reject them. The, sorry, you reject the null hypothesis and go with the alternative hypothesis, and you have to have an experiment, and you're, you're experimenting on a on something, and you've got to have data. So um, it, we at MUFON have started to do that, and with 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 UFOs, and we're looking at. Um, and particularly here with my group in Australia, where we're looking at hotspots in, in various um, uh, towns and, and cities around uh, Australia. And yeah. we're trying to locate uh, if there is a, um, a particular hotspot. Now, obviously, if the city's got, um, you know, like if it's a big city like Sydney, you're going to have a lot of sightings because just because of the number of people there. But what we're trying to do is to actually even that out statistically and work out... Um, you know how many sightings there are per individual or you know uh, according to the population and yeah. and try and publish that so that um we uh, in a scientific journal and there are scientific journals out there now that accept publications like that yeah. um and and obviously now that the um you know the uap task force has said that you know there's some pattern to this they could possibly do you know like some statistical analysis and publish things in journals as well so yeah. you, you know we, we can study this phenomenon um uh, and you can postulate hypothesis you can test it statistically and publish it so, so um, people have done that mm. sorry sharing people sharing the data with each other is the main thing isn't it holding it back yeah and you've got to have a peer review just like normal publications i've published before in scientific journals um i've published a few you know scientific papers and i know the process i was actually a a, a reviewer of a scientific journal at one stage, and I, I marked PhD thesis, and basically, um, it's just it's peer-reviewed work that um, uh, is scientific, and so you can you can do this with this phenomenon, yep. um, and and so yeah, I, I I don't think it is something that's esoteric or that's um you, you can't actually you know look at um, scientifically. Another, another piece to the puzzle, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. You've got to uh, just chip away at it, you know? Yeah. If you can't get a crash spacecraft, this is what you've got to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's all circumstantial Wait until uh, someone finds a smoking gun, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, uh, Gillian, um, give us a little rundown on your website, ufoparadigm.com. That's right. Yeah, it's it's only been launched four weeks ago, so mm -hmm. I'm still working on it. But uh, yep. and what what will people find on there? Oh, there's uh, some content that I'm developing myself, uh, writing articles. I like to write uh, my thoughts on paper about what's going on. There's some uh, interviews. Uh, this week, I'm interviewing Keith Basterfield, uh, Australian UFO researcher. So that will be on YouTube. There's a for Paradigm YouTube channel, that that's very much in its infancy. Infancy. Um, <laughs> but there's also a yep. that's right. Uh, there's an event section where um, I want to organize seminars and conferences in Sydney. And uh, with Roger, we want to do some work together in that regard. Yep. It's just a bit difficult to plan at the moment with the, the COVID. With another lockdown, of course. That's yeah. right. Not um, there's a section about recommended reading uh, on my, you know, what I've read in quantum physics and string theory, because I think we should look at the phenomenon with a, a scientific perspective. 
there's a section about um, other documentaries to watch that I think are interesting to watch from uh, James Fox, for example, yep. um, and um, uh, Jeremy Corbell and, and other documentary filmmakers like that and, and Ross Coulthard in Australia. So uh, there's a there's a mailing list where people can uh, join the mailing list for free, of course, and uh, I send them some news about uh, what I'm doing with the UFO paradigm and what's going on. There's a news feed section as well, where people can look at articles that I select that I think are interesting. Um, the website tries to focus on the military aspects of things. Um, but again, I'm very much interested in other, uh, you know, other aspects of the UFO reality. And, uh, that and people can contact you with their stories through the site? Of course, I mean, I'm open to, to talking to anyone, civilians, and uh, the objective of the website is to raise awareness amongst the general population about the UFO reality, which has been going on for decades, if not centuries. It's also to reach out to other researchers uh, like Roger, PhDs, and to talk to the media and uh, podcasters like yourself, Jim. So Brilliant. That's what we want. So, yeah, so try to bring people together and exchange ideas in a safe and ethical manner without being judged. Or mm. um, so, so that's that's what's happening. And I really hope to organize a seminar with with Mufon and Roger Stankovic, uh, Roger here tonight uh, in Sydney as soon as we can. And ideally, I'd like to organize a conference for next year in Australia where we, we could have international speakers. Mm. Um, so that could be something. I might pop over for. Um... COVID depending, obviously. We should be right by then if everyone's had the jab, depending on your, on your viewpoint. <laughs> that's good. Hey, yeah. um, that's, uh, that's Occam's Razor episode 45. Tonight we've been talking uh, about the Pentagon Task Force UAP report or the release of that a couple of days ago. We've had Roger um, Stankovic from MUFON, uh, Australasia, and Julian Lacave from ufoparadigm.com. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you. No worries. And uh, we'll catch you next time.